Good morning to you this morning. I hope you enjoyed the cloudy weather yesterday and the little bit of rain this morning, although I'm told the rain quit, and that's a good thing. Uh, the title to my message today, and I want to start right off that and then talk about a few more other things for a moment, but my title is Praying God's Agenda Has Consequences. And I worded it that way, and you'll get it once I go through Acts chapter 4, the last half of that chapter, you'll understand what I mean. And at the very end of the service, we're all gonna be able to stand up and pray a prayer together. Because I am convinced that the world desperately needs us to be bold. Desperately. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, as we go to your word this morning, may it impart on us your truth May your word speak clearly and loudly and give us courage to pray prayers of boldness. Father, you want to redeem the world. You want the gates of hell to be pushed back. And Father, I think all of us are getting a little, I guess the word is tired of the way things have been going. Some of us, it's in our own personal lives. For some of us, it's just in our culture. It's starting to feel really foreign. We need you, God, to visit us, to habitate with us. So come and speak through your word, through your servant. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. Now we just finished four or five days of soul care here at the church. Uh, about uh, 90 people showed up at that. And I'm gonna ask people to stand that were at Soul Care, not just anybody at Soul Care, but anybody that actually had, really, Soul Care was about uh, some healing. Emotional, physical, spiritual healing. So anybody at Soul Care that had emotional, physical, or spiritual healing, please stand. Now you, you can sit down now. Now, out of 90 people, that's pretty significant. In first service, there was even a few more than this service. I want you to know that God wants to do a deeper work in you. One of my favorite quotes of Doug, one of our presenters, was that God is limitless. He's unending. You cannot exhaust him. You cannot go deep enough with him because he's a well that is deeper than deep. And if you're at a point in your Christian life, I said it last Sunday, if you're at a point in your Christian life <coughs> where you think you're at a plateau, you've arrived, you know what you can do, you are who you are, you're stuck, you have some issues, but hey, they've always been with you, I wanna say to you, there's more. And there was pastors from other churches and ours, including myself, that had some spiritual, emotional, and physical healing yesterday specifically. God is limitless. Change your view of him. It's inadequate. He wants more for you. And there's only one person stopping that, and that's me. 
God cannot use a proud heart, but he sure can use a humble heart. All through the last four days, Doug kept telling us, open up, ask, say, Jesus, go where you need to go in me. Do what you need to do in me. I'm not afraid. I know you love. And so the whole Soul Care Conference was beyond belief, and we're not gonna stop there. We're gonna try to make it so it's even more convenient with your workaday life to go through some soul care stuff. I am so excited about that. We're gonna be going through a Hearing God series this fall. I am so excited about that. Friends, we are going to be bold. We are gonna go deeper. And it's gonna be exciting. And soul care people that are saying amen, the rest of you are going, oh, what's he become up there? Let me ask you a question to start off today's message. What is prayer? Second question, how do we pray? What is prayer and how do we pray? Statistics, surveys in the church tell us most Christians pray once a month. Pastors pray one hour a week. Let me tell you some theology behind that. For whatever reason, unbeknownst to me, God is choosing to release his glory here on earth through you and me. And the first stage of that is prayer. If you and I do not pray, the gates of glory do not open up. What is on heaven, remember Jesus' prayer, will not become what's on earth. And I want you to get to a point with your walk with God that's so bold, so great, that you pray. Because I want to tell you, things happen when you pray. There's consequences when you pray. People get saved, people get healed. Perspective changes. James chapter four, verse three, says when you ask, you do not receive, because, and I would say when you ask, most of us don't even ask, because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Well, I pray all the time. Do you? What do you pray for? Well, I need a new car. And your old one, it's okay, what's going on? And don't get me wrong, because Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer that we're to pray for our daily bread, so that's okay to pray for your needs. But are we praying his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven? Wait till we go through the text. I think you'll say, yeah, we've been a little light on that. When I was in Tumblr Ridge, and I've told you so many stories from Tumblr Ridge, and I've told you parts of this story, but I'm gonna tell you some more of the background behind it. I went to Tumblr Ridge, it was my first pastorate, I was 30 years old, and just to let you know, and uh, Michael is our newest staff person right out of Bible college, and uh, I have never asked Michael this, but when we come out of Bible college, as I did, I was gonna turn the world upside down. I was gonna go all out for Jesus. One year into my pastorate in Tumblr Ridge, things were not going as I thought they should. The world was not getting turned upside down, and I was super discouraged. So I thought, well, 
I read about this once. I need to drive to the three entrances to Tumbler Ridge and pray that God would come in. And I also had heard that if I could get a vantage point above the town, and I climbed huff and puff all the way up to a place called the Bald Spot, and if I could go up there and pray for the town, things maybe would start to happen. So I climbed up to the Bald Spot, and God gave me a picture. The Bald Spot, there was basically, it was an area that nothing would grow because of the wind, the rain, and the, all the harsh of the slope and everything else. And about halfway up the slope, I, I saw an image, and it was a tree, a giant tree. It was not an image, it was real. Behind the tree, things were growing. And just before I prayed for the town, God said, Anthony, this is a picture for you. You are in a place where it's going to be windy, it's going to be rain, there's going to be sleet, there's going to be snow, but look at the big tree, that's me. I'm out in front, I'm taking the brunt of it. So I turned around and I raised my arms and I prayed for Tumblr Ridge. In my prayer, I said, do whatever it takes. Use me in whatever way you need to. Less than a week later, I lay in a hospital from a plane crash. Do whatever it takes. Use me whatever way you need to. I remember laying in the hospital because we had been planning a crusade for six months and the crusade was coming up and I was in the hospital and God said to me, I will build my church and 30 some adults came to Christ and a bunch of children. While I lay in the hospital, God built his church. Up to that first year, we had zero conversions, zero baptisms. Suddenly the heavens broke loose. Over the next three years, over 100 adults, 30, 40 children prayed to receive Christ. And it was the weirdest ministry I've ever had because people moved in, got saved, moved out. Every summer, I moved three quarters of my church away. God's kingdom was growing, not mine. It was a good lesson for me. Do whatever it takes, God, I prayed. Do you know what happened to me after that? I started to get a fear of praying that way. I mean, I had people come up to me. I remember saying to a lady once, uh, she was saying, oh, my son is wandering away from the truth. And I said, you need to pray that he will do whatever it takes with them. Oh, no, 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 I wouldn't pray that kind of prayer. That's bringing Satan into it. It's gonna go horrible. You know the problem with that kind of thinking? It's based on fear. It's not based on who God is. You think God could be mean to you and to your son? Do you think God was mean to me putting me in the plane crash, my best friend dying? I believe Satan orchestrated, I believe he went before God and said, I'm gonna do this to Anthony, and God said, go, do your best. And I'm sure as Satan walked away, God smiled because he knew 130 people would pray to receive Christ. My friend who died in the crash, 30 people prayed to receive Christ at his funeral. Most people don't lead three people to Christ in their entire life. At his funeral, 30 people came to Christ. Do you think my friend is upset in heaven right now? In 10,000 years, do you think I will care that I've got a little bit of eye problems, my wrist doesn't work right, I got pain in my back? Do you think I will care in 10,000 years? When I finally go to glory, which I almost did last summer in my motorbike crash, when I finally go to glory, I am sure I'm going to be met by a throng of people that are gonna say, thank you for praying that prayer. Thank you for being bold. 
Thank you for bringing heaven to earth so that I am here in eternity and glory. In retrospect, I would do it again. Because of that crash, 160 some people prayed to receive Christ. Today we're going to see as the early church was forming, and you understand the context, right? You think you suffer a little bit here in the world? Our local guy running for the UCP party, the media finds out he was, and I don't know who tipped him, not gonna get into politics, that he used to sit on the board of PRBI, Peace River Bible Institute, and he can't be trusted because PRBI stands for this, that, and the other thing, morality and different things. I believe Satan's trying to scare us. Remember last week as we were going through Acts chapter four, and John and Peter were before the council, and do you remember they said to him, don't you dare speak about Jesus' resurrection, and do you remember Peter's response? Who am I supposed to listen to, you or God? Who am I supposed to listen to? And then we get to Acts chapter four, verse 23, and if you have your Bibles, you can go there. And it's a carry-on of the story after they've basically said, no, we're not going to listen to you, and they're released. And then verse 23 says this. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. I am sure it struck fear into everybody's hearts. Oh, dear. Everybody's against us. We want to be liked, we want to be loved. How are we gonna spread Jesus' name? But listen to this, verse 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Now this very likely could be the first beehive prayer. If you don't know what that is, everybody's praying all at once. And then we come across a beautiful description of what the words were that they prayed. Now, I don't believe they did it liturgically. Some will say this is liturgy because they didn't have a Gestetner copier even. They didn't have, uh, you know, did they quickly go out and chip these words into a rock and hold them up so everybody could read them in unison. I believe this recording is the gist of what they prayed. You know, there may have been one that prayed it and then they all kind of prayed it quietly, whatever they did. But what's so exciting here is that Peter and John could not wait to go back and tell their friends and church family because they knew what was about to happen. Can you imagine a close-knit church that reacts to crisis and victory by praying together? Listen to these words as they prayed them. Sovereign Lord. One thing you'll notice in this prayer, it's like the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. They praise God first. They, they talk about God's greatness and his power, and who he is, and what he's done. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea, and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. 
Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, referring back to Jesus and his birth and resurrection, death and resurrection, include, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant whom you anointed. They did what your power, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Do you think my plane crash was in God's plan? Oh, it hurt. I can tell you how much it hurt. I've got scars to show you. My prayer of boldness was audacious. It was crazy. 160 people prayed to receive Christ. Verse 28, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, listen to this. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They were not shrinking back. They weren't like, oh God, protect us, help us. Verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Did you know the early church for the first 300 years? All the stuff that we can read from secular, non-Christian authors will say that the church was known for this stuff, signs, wonders, and healings. The early Roman Empire, they were very aware of good and evil in the spiritual realm. In our scientific North American world, well, we kind of got away from that a bit. Most of the battles spiritually, demonically, are on the inside for us. In Africa, it's a little different. In Asia, it's a little different. But here, it's been on the inside. But get this statistic. 70% of Americans believe in their good and evil in the world, the spiritual realm. This is a change, by the way. The church has some catching up to do. We have some catching up to do spiritually. We need to start to become the people that can fight darkness. It was so incredible that even, even the leaders, I was gonna say the Pharaoh, my brain went back, the Roman leader, help me out. Caesar, even Caesars of the time, they would call Christians to pray over, there was one that had a son that seemed to be tormented by demons and, and Caesar called a Christian in because they had a reputation of dealing with this stuff. I know what our reputation is. Usually they think we're crazy. Friends, this is willing prayer. This is do whatever it takes prayer. This is we're not playing it safe prayer. They were more concerned with others and the kingdom of God than their own comforts and their own, oh God, I need this or I need that. I, I, I need a bigger house or I need a bigger car. Now if you're here today and you're a boss, which employee would you prefer? An employee who shows up late and complains at every request you give him or an employee who comes to work sold on your company's vision and keeps asking, what more can I do to help? Basically, there's two kinds of Christians in the world. One type of Christian does as little is as necessary to literally get his salvation or his paycheck, so to speak. Don't get my theology wrong. Jesus paid for it all. 
This individual will always question why and question what's in it for me. They usually think they're being taken advantage of by God at some point or that God wants to ruin their lives, or that God can't be trusted, or if I pray a bold prayer, he's gonna squish me like a bug, he's gonna make me suffer, it's gonna be so awful. But the other kind of Christian is a person who loves what they do as a follower of Jesus. They want to serve Christ, and they want to serve him more. Do whatever it takes, God. Oh, don't get me wrong, I pull from my past a really good thing that I did, but I have struggled in the 30 years since then. I have struggled praying bold prayers because I'm afraid. My view of God isn't what it should be at times. And I ask you, who is God? Did you read the prayer, the creator of the heavens of the earth? Uh, we know from 1 John chapter 4, he's love. He would never do anything to hurt you. The plane crash was some of my greatest spiritual victories in my life. 160 people came to Christ through that. I am convinced that the kingdom expands slowly in North America because we want to be liked. We want to have God bless us for selfish reasons. On top of that hill years ago, I was willing and eager. My humble, willing prayer saw many come to Jesus. I do understand that what I'm saying is radical. I do understand it's radical, but again, my life hasn't been as obedient as it should be. Let me ask you, do you think those people that came to Christ in Tumblr Ridge especially 10,000 years from now, will care about my little suffering? I mean, one of my problems as a follower of Christ is I read my Bible, I read stuff like, in view of God's mercies, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Or verses like, do not give up in doing good, for at a proper time you will bring a harvest if you don't give up. I have read that in your relationships with another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. In other words, God wasn't his sugar daddy that he was praying for, give me this, give me that. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. Listen to this. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The church in Acts wanted to see the kingdom expand. They prayed a selfish, selfish, selfless and bold prayer. As a result, this prayer, we see lots of things break loose. The church today is in so many ways so broken. We as followers of Christ are broken. We're so selfish and self-centered. What's in it for me? We're that kind of employee. We're that kind of follower of Jesus. But listen to how God reacts when, when they prayed that prayer. The first result was empowerment. 
as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, after they prayed, verse 31, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they didn't speak in tongues this time, I'll note. They spoke the word of God boldly. You say to yourself, well, when I read those news reports, it scares me. I don't know what I've written on social media. Am I gonna get put in jail because of the things I've stood up for? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. The ground shook. The second result of the prayer is a, an empowerment that gave them unity and generosity. This is a, a filling of the Spirit. This is a consequence of it. Verse 32. All the believers, listen to this, were one in heart and mind. Maybe we're not unified because we're not praying boldly enough. It's all about us, what I like, what I want. Oh, that's even biblical. Verse came to my mind. No one, the text says, claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they listened to this, they shared everything they had. Oh my, I, I still get shocked, because I was as greedy as the next guy, but God has begun to help me to loosen my grip on my stuff, and I let people use it. And honestly, I cannot remember when something bad's happened when I've lent stuff out. Oh, I know, I'm sure I could figure it out and something probably has. But I still have people say, well, last time I lent out my car, it got totaled off. I'm not doing that again. I'm a good steward of what God gave me. Does this what the text says? No one claimed any of their possessions was their own. This is a filling of the Holy Spirit. This is bold prayers. The third result of the empowerment was bold proclamation. Listen to verse 35, 33. With great power, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And again, do you, do you know the history of the church? First of all, in the book of Acts, but we know historically that I, they took Christians and put them, tied them on poles and dipped them in fuel and lit them on fire. Uh, they fed them to lions. Did you know that in the first 200 years of the church is the most explosive growth the church has ever experienced? And they were known for signs, wonders, and healings. And I would say it's because they knew how to pray boldly. They weren't afraid. They knew who God was. They knew what was at stake. Remember, they were told not to testify to the resurrection, yet here they're doing it with power and gusto. The fourth result of their bold prayer was an empowerment that gave them an extra measure of grace, resulting in a blessing to others. Listen to what it says. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. They prayed boldly. They saw a vision of Jesus. They knew what was at stake. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And God began to work on their inner being. Verse 34, that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. And it even gives an example. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, 
which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Now, by the way, this is setting up for a sermon two weeks ago, Ananias and Sapphira, and they thought this was a great way to get some self-attention, and they sold some property, and they only gave part of it, claiming they gave it all. You see, they were in it for themselves. It wasn't for the kingdom. And you'll find out what happened to them. You can read on if you know what it is. You see, our fear of submission to bold prayers is based upon some idea that God cannot be trusted. Let's be honest. You don't trust God. Well, I'm not going to pray that kind of prayer. Look what happened to you. Yeah, 160 people prayed to receive Christ. Let me read that verse 29 again. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal. Perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 70% of Americans, and we figure probably about 60% of Canadians, watch TV. They know there's an evil spiritual world out there. Oh, they get kind of mixed up with good white witches and black witches and all sorts of stuff. But listen to Ephesians chapter 5. This verse just popped out at me as I was preparing this message this week. Ephesians 5.14 says, and this is in the New Living Translation, just to really make it simple. Awake! Are you falling asleep there yet? Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. A few people stood up about soul care, and I can tell you every one of them will talk about some light they experienced in the last few days. So be careful how you live, a little warning. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Friends, I prayed a bold prayer. It cost me everything at that time. I almost lost my life. The early church prayed a bold prayer and it cost them everything and it turned the world upside down. The kingdom of God is still advancing on bold prayers. And this is a point where I originally wrote this message and I had two really good concluding points. I woke up from a dead sleep this morning and the Lord said to me, you need to ask the congregation to stand and boldly proclaim and say a prayer in unison together, because we have the technology to do it, and I want you to actually pray this bold prayer that they prayed back then. Now, if you're afraid, I get that. I'm asking you, who is God, can you trust him? If you wanna just stand up and pretend like you're reading along, that's fine, you're too afraid to do it, but I wanna be bold as a church. Do you know what will happen? We're gonna have to get a bigger vase, because we're not gonna be able to hold the people that see the light, the people that are healed, the people that have their, their, their shame removed, people that are gonna have their, their souls uh, humming and singing. Uh, they're gonna get rid of the darkness and the voices of evil that they've been hearing for years, and light is gonna shine in dark places. So please stand with me. And the words are gonna come up on the screen, and I want you to read out loud with me. Let's go, bold prayer. Sovereign Lord, 
You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. We just did something bold. I can't wait to hear the consequences. I can't wait, and don't get afraid, because God is big. Even Caesar pulled Christians in. Oh, one of the stories that Doug told when he was doing his doctrinal thesis was he dug up some writing of, of one of the great judges in the Roman Empire, and, and he stood up and he said, uh, bring any demon-possessed person into my courtroom, and any Christian will be able to cast that demon out. See, they recognized that the church understood the power of Jesus Christ and the cross and his resurrection. And the judge went on to say, if that Christian, if that Christian can't do this, then they're not a follower of the God that I've heard about. Who are you? What does prayer mean to you? How much of heaven hasn't come to earth because you're too busy and you don't understand who he is and you're not bold enough to pray bold prayers? God will turn our city, our country, upside down if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Does that sound exciting? Boy, do we need healing. You're in a section right now and I, I really hope that you can even find a moment to just pray with each other, especially you've been at soul care. Just pray for somebody. Uh, put your hand on their shoulder and pray for them. Uh, find out who each other are. We're a big church, but we're not gonna get that in our way. We're gonna get to know each other. And if you're in one of the sections with the right color, I'll get it here, got the text. If you're in a green section, wherever that is, over there, you're invited to lunch in the landing delicious pizza from Ramona's Pizza, and uh, we love to sit down, fellowship, get to know each other a little bit better. But maybe you're saying, man, I want to I kind of go deeper. I want to go more. Get involved in a life group. Uh, you can go on gpac.life and do that or talk to Pastor Wes on your own. Get involved in life group because they pray together. That's part of the mandate that we've given life groups. They have to pray together at the end of every time that they meet. But maybe for you, you need to get to the altar. You need somebody to pray for you. And I, I asked first service if some of the soul care recipients could come down and the elders 
And uh, you might say, hey, well, I don't know what's going on here, but yeah, I, 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 I'm hearing something in my voice, and I think it's the Holy Spirit, and I, I think he wants me to get to the front and be prayed for, or in the least, get to the front of my knees in humility and pray a bold prayer. Do not ignore the voice of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this, And now may God himself, the God of peace, May he sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Fellowship and peace.